Tonight we are going to return to a message I actually began a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, from Romans chapter 1. It's called Revealing Gospel. Uh, in uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, we find these words, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So that in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, we are told that the gospel, of course, is the power of God unto salvation. There is none other. And that the gospel reveals both the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God, very key expression in the book of Romans. And uh, along with the wrath or the righteousness of God, there is the wrath of God that is also revealed around that truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, remember that the gospel is all about revealing the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. It is a righteous that righteousness that is uniquely His, the righteousness of God. God's righteousness, it'll be called later. I'll show you a passage later in the book of Romans here in just a moment. But for now, the, the righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel. Uh, Paul will return to that concept in Romans chapter 3, around a very famous scripture most of us could uh, quote by heart, and that is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans three twenty-three. But we so often quote that really without considering the passages that, become, that come before it and that come after it. So now just listen. But now the righteousness of God without the law. There it is again, the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God without the law being, is manifested, that is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all. <laughs> I, I just love the way that sounds. The righteousness of God, which is by faith unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we see then that the righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel because it is a righteousness which is by faith. It is a righteousness which comes to all who believe. Oh, isn't that good news? That God's righteousness, the righteousness of God, is given unto us. In fact, we're also told in that great accounting term, it is imputed to us. That is, it is deposited in our account uh, so that the righteousness of God is given to us and this righteousness comes to us by faith. It is unto all that believe. Oh, but it's also upon all, upon all that believe. And that's important because we have to ask ourselves a question. How can sinful folks like us be righteous in the sight of God? How can God look at you? 
and you and you and me and call us righteous. And the reason is because not only has he given his righteousness to us, but he's put his righteousness upon us. So that while God uh, was in Christ reconciling to the world, then God has made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness that is by faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God. So that all of the law's demands, with all of its 600 and some odd, depending on which commentary you want to read, different instructions, all of the different laws, all of the different requirements of the law that nobody could ever keep except for one. (laughs) And that was our Lord Jesus Christ. But thank God, because of that great truth of imputed righteousness, Jesus did fulfill all of the law's demands. And now when we put our faith in him, all of his righteousness is not only given to us, but it is upon us. Why? Because we believe. Oh, I tell you what, that's some shouting ground right there. If y'all won't shout, I'll just have to shout for you. Woo, a little bit anyway. That is shouting ground. It is unto all and upon all them that believe. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but we are justified freely. Great word, freely. Freely. Through the redemption, it costs somebody. I told you that last Sunday. Though it comes to us freely, it costs somebody a high price. And that somebody was Jesus Christ, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God. He'll return to that theme in Romans chapter 10 as he speaks of of how it is that the Jews, though they were God's chosen people, were lost. And he explains it very simply. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. There it is. Same thing. Righteousness of God. God's righteousness. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. You say, why not? That's a good question. He answers it in the next verse. Because they did not seek it by faith. They didn't believe. And so in that great undertaking, as Paul describes how the gospel shows us the righteousness of God, It is the righteousness of God which is by faith. It is unto all and upon all that believe. Uh, It speaks to us about how we can be right with God. But it also speaks to us about how we can live right. How we can do right. Not just be right, but do right before God. Both of these concepts take on a very deep significance when they're set against the dark backdrop of the wrath of God. The wrath of God stands revealed. Military operates under numerous things that are called standing orders. That is that a a commanding officer does not uh, have to decide what to do in any situation. There are what are known as standing orders. Orders, certain policies that are put in place, they don't have to be reissued every day. This is a good way to illustrate what Paul is talking about when he says the wrath of God stands revealed. It is a standing order 
God does not have to reissue his declaration of wrath every time somebody sins. He doesn't have to give us, uh, issue another brief about why this is wrong. He's already given us that understanding. He doesn't have to tell us or reformulate his opinions about it. He's already stated it. It is clearly stated and standing and God's judgment, God's wrath will never expire as long as there is unrighteousness in the world. God's wrath is revealed against it. Thus we have passages like John 3.36 where Jesus said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You go on to say that whosoever believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the everlasting Son of God. Not only does it deal with that uh, eternal concept of God's wrath against sin and against all unbelief, but there are also passages like Ephesians 5. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Hmm. The wrath of God stands revealed. And certainly there is that eternal concept of the wrath of God, which are the eternal fires of hell. But there's also another concept that is presented where the wrath of God is revealed against all those who are practicing unrighteousness. That has to do with their chosen lifestyle. And it contains that chilling and sobering reminder. Don't be partakers of God's wrath with them. So we could divide tonight uh, God's wrath into two categories. We could talk about his eternal wrath, I'll call it that. And yes, I'll admit it, I kind of made that up. Uh, Although I'm sure somebody else has thought of the distinction as well. Uh, His eternal wrath, that has to do with that eternal punishment for those who die in unbelief and spend eternity in hell. Uh, When we are saved, you see, we are delivered completely from God's wrath on the eternal scale because of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10 says that God has delivered us from the wrath to come. And the Bible tells us that we shall not come into condemnation because we are passed from death into life. More good news for you tonight. Salvation does not come on a situation where God is going to say, okay, I'm going to give it to you. Now I'm taking it back. No, uh uh-uh. Okay, you're, under, you're delivered from wrath, now you're under it again. No. Mm-mm. We, when we are saved, are forever and eternally delivered from God's wrath on that scale. And yet Ephesians 5 warns us, don't be partakers in the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. The best way I have of illustrating that is from one of the shortest verses in the New Testament. And that's Luke uh, 17.32. I want to make sure I got the reference right. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Jesus said that. Now, we had to read all the way to the book of 2 Peter really to find out for sure whether Lot was saved or not. I mean, Lot didn't leave us a very good trail. 
but we know that uh, because uh, Peter tells us in Second Peter that God delivered just Lot, that is righteous Lot. And so we know that he was a righteous man. We know he was. But we also know what happened to his wife. You see, we, we, we don't know really, I can't tell you the, uh, tonight whether Lot's wife was saved or not. But I know one thing. She had been delivered from the wrath of God that was about to fall on Sodom. Because the angel of God, the Jehovah angel, took her out. She was free and clear. She was away from there. She, was, she had every opportunity. She was out of the wrath. But then she ended up dying on the judgment that fell on Sodom anyway. Why? Because she stayed too close to Sodom. She was still there looking, longing, (laughs) lingering. Yeah, that's a good three-point outline for you. She was looking and longing and lingering there. And because she stayed too close to where God's judgment was going to fall, she ended up when God's judgment fell. She got caught up in it too. She died in the judgment of God. Jesus said, remember, Lot's wife, don't forget See, that, I think, has given us a good explanation of what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 5 when he said, don't end up being a partaker of the wrath of God on iniquity. Because though we have been delivered from the wrath to come, and though we have been saved from wrath, and though we can be certain that we are sure of heaven and that we are not going to face the eternal fires of hell, the fact is that God's judgment is going on in this world right now, in the here and now. His wrath is being revealed in this world. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is just as much revealing the wrath of God as it is revealing the righteousness of God. So that we stand warned not to get caught up in a sinful lifestyle. You know the story of what happened to Lot is a very intriguing story. Um, the Bible says that Lot would pitch his tent, and that, that means he, he decided to live, and he was, he was close to Sodom. He pinched his, pitched his tent toward Sodom. Uh, then the, the next thing the Bible tells us is he is in Sodom. And the next thing the Bible tells us He's the mayor of Sodom. Lot is the man standing at the gate passing judgment in Sodom. How would you like to have that job? What in the world was a believer in Christ doing in a place like that? Well, obviously, he had settled down quite well, thank you. And so we learn from that story it is possible for believers in Christ to end up living in a way that is entirely too close to what God has pronounced his wrath on. And unfortunately, we can even do the things that God has pronounced his wrath on. So tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about these things. And we'll start with the, the what of God's wrath. That is, what is, is God's wrath Uh, brought against. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and righteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them.
And so the wrath of God stands revealed against all things that are ungodly and, righteous, and unrighteous. All those who are ungodly and unrighteousness. That, that is, they have not, they're not godly and they have no righteousness. Jude talked about these a lot. Verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurous complainers walking after their own lusts and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's person in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken of by the apostles of our Lord Jesus how they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Yeah, we're living in that day. We sure are. They are people who suppress the truth. They have no concept of what it means to be right with God or what it means to live right before God. They have no hope of heaven. They have no fear of hell. They make a mockery of the wrath of God. And they are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. Though all they have to do to know that there is a God, a God of omnipotent power, is look in the mirror. All they have to do is to look at themselves. And that's what Paul said, Romans 1.19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. It's right there in front of your face. Uh, I, I didn't really care for all of Toby Keith's music. I have to admit that. Uh, I didn't really care for everything he sang about. Um, but he had some good songs. Good country music singer. Toby Keith, of course, died from stomach cancer last week. We, I, I saw an interview from him I, I listened to a few days ago. And... Uh, the interviewer was asking Toby, you know, how he had made it through all the difficulties of his cancer diagnosis. And he answered very quickly. He said, it's my faith. And he said something I found intriguing. I, I really hope Toby was saved. I really do. Um, I hope when I get to heaven, he's there. Um, but he said something I found intriguing. He said, all of my life. I've known this. I said, I can't remember a day where I ever looked around at this world and wondered how it all got here. I've always known there's a God. As far back as I can remember. And he's always been with me. I, I don't know what all he meant by that. I really don't. Like I said, I hope he's a saved man. But it just kind of stood out to me that Toby would say, I've, I've never really wondered where this all came from. I've always known that there is a God. I want to tell you tonight that people are working very hard to suppress the truth of God. It takes a lot of effort to ignore that truth, to suppress it, to push back against it. But they do. And we even know why they do it. Jude told us. It's all about their ungodly lifestyle and their ungodly lust or passions. And God in that type of situation is 
It's not a truth they want to contemplate. And so they imagine. They imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell beneath us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Woo hoo, hoo hoo. <laughs> in case you don't notice or didn't recognize it, that's the song Imagine. That was a hit for John Lennon so many years ago. See, I'm not making this up when I talk about people who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Imagine a world where there's no heaven, no hell, no religion. No country, no God. Well, there's people in this world right now who are trying to create that exact state of euphoria. It's not an illusion. But the wrath of God stands revealed against it. It is ungodly. It is unrighteousness. And the what of God's wrath, that is what His wrath is revealed against. Then there's the why of the wrath of God, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, neither were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. You see, mankind has always had a substitute for the incarnation. And God takes that personally. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. That is the incredible fact of the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ. But mankind has a pitiful substitute of that. Where they take the glory of God and they manufacture their own ways of deciding that men will be our own God. They have all of these stories of the incarnation. Greek mythology is full of them. All kinds of them. And so not only did they make the image of God like corruptible man, not the sinless man, not the God man, as our Savior Jesus Christ, but like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things, the essence of idolatry. The wrath of God then stands revealed against those who are ungodly and who suppress the truth in righteousness. And he does it, the why of it, is because it is an insult to the incarnation And quite frankly, mankind knows better. The amazing truth of the creation with all of its diversity cries out the message that it did not happen on its own. Yet the creation, the ungodly and unrighteous crowd rather have developed their own form of naturism. Uh, It's founded on what they call evolutionary science these days. 
built on the foundation that the universe created itself and then created everything else. Uh, but this kind of gives Save the Planet a new spin, doesn't it? It's just naturism. It is naturism as a religion. It's the same old religion it has always been. It's right here in Romans chapter 1. They worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator. And interestingly, when you look back in human history over thousands of years, you will see that all of the cultures that were dominated by naturism, that is, they began to worship and serve the creation always, without fail, also practiced human sacrifice. It's kind of ironic. Modern humanity has their own form of human sacrifice. Sacrifice of the innocence to protect the lifestyle of the guilty. We've got a name for it. It's called abortion. So the, the, the what of God's, of God's wrath, what is God angry about? What is his wrath revealed against? It is against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. The why of it is because it is an insult to the incarnation because mankind worships and serves the creation and changes the glory of the incorruptible God made like unto corruptible men combined with all kinds of birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. That's the why. Then there is the how. So how is God's wrath revealed? Verse 24, therefore God also gave them up. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions. God gave them up first to uncleanness. God gave them up to vile passions. In verse 27, then verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To give you all of those passages tonight, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even though women exchange the natural use for what is against nature, likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one for another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. God gave them up. God gave them up. God gave them over. So we see the what of God's wrath. What is God's wrath revealed against? The why of God's wrath. And now we see the how. How is God's wrath revealed in this standing state of wrath against sin? When you read Romans chapter 1, you come to an inevitable conclusion, and that is that homosexuality is a sin. I'm not homophobic. Nothing about homosexuality is something I fear. I'm not a bigot. I do not hate homosexuals. God placed human sexuality in a very specific place. In marriage between a man and a woman. And anything else is fornication, sexual sin. Homosexuality is one kind. 
there are others. And God is against them all. They all fall under that general category of unrighteousness and ungodliness. But this passage presents a sequence of events to explain how the wrath of God is manifested, is revealed. In a culture where the uns flourish, the unrighteous and ungodly, then people are determined to live without God. And in their determination to live without God, then they are determined to live without the power that God has to help us. And in that determination against God, God reacts with his wrath. And his wrath is to let them go. God gives people up to uncleanness, to dishonor their bodies. You see, the human body is honored when we realize that we are created in the image of God. That is where we have the highest vision of the human body. We are created in the image of God. And through our faith in Jesus Christ, we become a temple of the Holy Spirit. So that not only are we created in the image of God, but now we are a dwelling place, a habitation. Because God is in us. We are, not only are we in Christ, but Christ is in us. The body, on the other hand, is debased and dishonored when it becomes an object of passion. And that is true both of men and of women's bodies. So God gives people up to uncleanness. That's part of his wrath. Then God gives people up to vile passions. As both women and men will turn to sexual immorality in every increasing numbers. And then God gives people up to a debased and depraved and reprobate mind. To do those things which are not fitting. Verse 29 of Romans 1 goes on to say that. They are filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. There is an epidemic in America today of Romans chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. Why are people the way they are? Why are kids acting the way they act? Why is there so much disobedience and disrespect? Why is there so much envy and murder and strife and deceit and evil-mindedness? Why is there so much sexual immorality? Why? Because our nation is under the judgment of God. It is an evidence of the wrath of God that is growing and will one day be completely unleashed against this world. So that we also have Romans chapter four, or Revelation rather chapter 14 and verse 9. And just listen. The third angel followed them saying with a loud voice. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Which is poured out without mixture. 
That's undiluted wrath of God. Poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. In the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day and night. Who worship the beast in his image. And whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. The wrath of God. And so while the wrath of God is already happening. The wrath of God is also coming. So the fact that God has a standing order of wrath. Amplifies the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And amplifies the truth of what Jesus said to us in John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. We used to teach our children to sing a song. We probably still do. And it goes like this. One door and only one. And yet its sides are two. Inside or outside. On which side are you? If you didn't grow up singing that song, I'm sorry. It's not too late for you to start because it's a good song. Remember, Jesus said, I am the door. There's only one door. And the question is, are you inside or outside? Oh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the glorious truth that there is a door to heaven. And no, St. Peter is not manning it. The door to heaven is Jesus Christ. And it opens to all who believe in him. But there was at least one fellow who kissed that door. That was a very famous sermon about Judas Iscariot. The man who kissed the door to heaven and yet turned and went to hell. You can look at the door. You can know the door is there. But the question is, have you gone through it? And you do that by believing on Jesus Christ to receive him as your Savior. Inside or outside. Delivered from the wrath of God or under the wrath of God. On which side are you? You may have come into this service tonight without even thinking about it, but now you know because I've told it to you. You come into this building under the wrath of God because you've not believed on Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, you don't have to go out of that building, this building, the way you came in. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You can go out of this service with the assurance of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ and your eternity in heaven. Don't say no to him. Believe. Let's stand together.